Take it away, buddy. We should have started. We should have hit the record button. Nope. About let's go. Five let's minutes ago. Five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're doing it, Laura. It's on. <laughs> you guys kept talking, and I'm like, I need to just push the record button because we need to record this conversation. Well, so let's we got, start with intros. We'll how about it, that? We'll do it twice. So Wade, Wade, how do you say your last name? Graskowitz. Wade Graskowitz. All right, I'm going to call you Wade. Yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to botch that up, but but uh, give us a little intro. You own uh, two two dog food companies, correct? Yes, sir. I own um, High Standard Dog Food, um, and I started that from scratch, guys, back in um, 1998, and um, and then just to be real quick, everything going well. I got a chance to to purchase Joy Pet Foods or Joy Dog Food. In 2011, a company had been around since 1945, and I bought it as well. So I own actually own two pet food companies. Okay, awesome. So you started High Standard before you purchased Joy, then. So is that correct? Yes. yes. Okay. Started actually started a retail store um, when I was 25 here in Pingdeville, Illinois. Um, worked at the coal mines and. Um, absolutely hated it um really really into coon hunting and uh, training and raising and selling dog supplies so i started high standard suppliers in 1988 when i was 25 and um worked seven days a week i worked for the first two years i worked coal mines uh second shift and the retail store here during the day so for two years i i paid the the, the ultimate price and then uh finally business good you enough had a right? coal mining job to pay for your that, yes. that way you could afford to have the supply yeah. business first two years i never i never took a dime out of the retail they never took a dime put it all back in and and then uh worked for a long time just here seven days a week after i quit the mines after two years and um just to be honest with you I couldn't small town here in Pennyville, 3,300 people couldn't draw the people in and the, you know, internet sales were starting to take off. So then that was another challenge. So I started uh, high standard dog food because, you know, I had, I had joy in here. I had these other competitors in here and I knew that if I could ever come up with my own formulation, the way I wanted it and my own packaging and market it the way I wanted to do it, where it was mine, where nobody was gouging me, um, I could make some money in the pet food business because just from experience, just from turning dogs loose every night and watching their performance and watching their stool and their coat, I mean, everything, you know, how they ate it. So So if you haven't guessed by now, our discussion topic for today is dog food and specifically dog food for performance dogs. And this is why we have Wade on today. He And I love your story, Wade. I think that's the American dream. You pull yourself up from your bootstraps. It wasn't handed to you. You wanted something, and you went after it. And I think that's a, a great story of, um, of how you came to be in the dog food, performance dog food, and at that premium dog food, I would, I would say, correct? Yes. Yeah, we, yeah. we pushed toward the performance line. Um, on that on that on that end of it, not 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 really the senior line as much, but more the um, the you know the hounds of the world, the the active dogs of the world, um, and, and we do feed pet and companions as well. But 
we've kind of pushed it toward um, the performance dogs. Yeah. And so if you haven't noticed, you got a new voice on here also. Laura's been on the podcast. Is this her second time? I believe so. Yeah. So we decided to pull in some heavy weight because uh, Laura, my wife, she is really um, passionate about fitness and training and food and making she, – she actually does a really good job of making brownies that are actually kind of healthy, but they still taste good. So she's, like, always always trying to get good food. And so I, <laughs> I asked her to join us because she knows nutrients on the human side. Is, that's what she's passionate about, working out and being healthy and eating healthy. And so I, I, I asked her to read some books about dog nutrition because I thought she'd be able to relate that really with her experience in – human nutrition kind of tying it to dog nutrition because it's different there's some differences there that we want to talk about and then i i wanted to get somebody you know wade here he owns owns dog food and he's not you're not a nutritionalist or anything but but you do create the dog food and so i want to know some of your processes and how you make sure that you bring a good quality dog because i mean i assume you want good stuff you know the, the name high standard indicates you you want a good standard of dog food you're not looking for the cheapest exactly I would say he's a boots on the boots on the ground kind of guy too. Like yeah. nutritionalist has a fancy title, but in fact, when we're all watching our dogs and we're all trying to make that top performance in a way, we're all nutritionalists because like Wade says, you know, you're watching, you know, their hair quality. You can learn a lot by stool samples. I know I've spent hours on the phone with buddies over the years, just talking about what your, what your dog poop look like, which sounds crazy, but I mean, you know, going through season and, and changing dog foods or changing blends can make such a difference, you know, and that's where I, I find it really interesting Wade. I'm glad that, you know, you have that hunting experience. And I think in layman's terms, that relates a lot more to a lot of our listeners, you know, how this stuff actually affects the dogs. All right. right. So we, this is going to be a shorter podcast because we all got, we got time constraints. We got, I got a meeting here in a little bit and Wade, you know, a little time. He's got two businesses to He's run. He's got two medians. <laughs> He's got businesses to run. So we're going to try to keep it short and sweet. So I want to dive right in. Wade, one of my biggest questions I have is you get all these blends and you go to the store. And I was actually walking through Walmart and I was looking at, you know, a bag for a 50 pound bag for 20 bucks. And I can tell you the stuff I'm feeding is much more than $20. And so I'm just, I, I, I'm a dummy when it comes to what's in the dog food bag. Explain real quickly why you have so many different blends and, and recipes or whatever and and what you're trying to accomplish with that so that somebody who just doesn't understand anything about dog food let's just start right there what's what's the sure. the blends for and we can dive in from there. well when you say blends you you're we're covering proteins we're covering fats and we're covering ingredients and when you get ingredients you're talking about lamb chicken beef fish Etc. 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 So when you throw all that in together, I, there's a lot of blends out there. Um, but the main thing for the average person, when you flip over that bag of dog food, okay, if it says you know chicken or or beef or meat, meat meal, meat and bone meal, those are all varying degrees of quality of products, okay. Um, there's, there's like, when you say beef meal, okay, that's beef. Okay. When you say meat meal, that could be, you know, meat's meat. So you might have, you could have pork in there. You could have beef. Um, you could have other things in there. 
uh, chicken, chicken, lamb, lamb. But the one thing people understand is, <clears throat> I explained that to Laurie the other day, just a little bit, just briefly. If it says meat meal, corn, wheat, etc., 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 by law, if on a and everything's based on ingredients by a two thousand pound or one ton mix. So just say you have four hundred pounds of meat, four hundred pounds of wheat, four hundred pounds of corn, or whatever. You can flip those. You can put meat first, corn second, wheat third, or you can put wheat first. Okay. Um, Probably not a good idea if you're doing dog oh, food. Oh no, no, first. no, no! <laughs> just, just, just for the explanation of of how this can be done. So, basically, what we do, and you know, one of our best sellers, buddy, and you buy a bunch of it. It's it's 26 protein, 18 percent fat, and I have honed that formulation and honed that formulation and honed that formulation for years, and we won't touch it. Okay, we will not touch that for that thing. Is yeah, that was big. one thing like this year because of COVID and, and transportation and sh I mean, our shipping costs because because I there's a bunch of us to go together and buy a whole semi truck full of dog food. It's 35 pallets. It's impressive to watch that much dog food come in. And uh, every year, well, I'll say every year, the last two years have been really rough. I mean, diesel costs is up. Transportation, anything to do with business is up. I mean, if, if you run a business right. like I do everything's up all of our shipping costs are up and i i was driving and i called you and i said wait i i wanted i asked you a question i said why or how are these guys keeping cheap dog food right because it was it was an honest question it was like man in my little pea brain it was like all the same i didn't think about the details when you get down to the details of it it makes perfect sense you know number one the shipping cost is up you know what i mean like uh, last year i think we shipped for four you know 3500 or something it was our quote I mean, this year the quotes came in at, at six six thousand right. almost. You know, it was just like right. huge freight costs were were increasing. So that was just one aspect of it. But you had mentioned even your your ingredient cost is as you were saying. Well, you buy beef and and chicken and beef and all these prices were up in your in your ingredient list, right? Yeah, I mean everything um, from freight. Yeah, you know, when you when you consider freight, you're talking about fr freighting the pet food, but you're also talking about freighting the ingredients as well. So, you know, it's, yeah, everything is, everything is through the roof. I mean, I know that, you know, this time, well, about, about this time last year, you could buy corn in this area for 280, three bucks a bushel. And it went, this area went up, you know, seven, eighty, eight dollars Wow. Okay. And see, corn affects, corn and beans affect everything. They affect proteins, fats, they affect it all. So that just drives the whole, yeah. the whole thing up. So. And Wade, to go back on something we'd mentioned earlier, yeah, it, from my research, it doesn't sound to me like there are high, pardon the pun, there are high standards for what is put on your, on dog food labels per companies. Companies kind of have a lot of wiggle room to put on kind of whatever, how do I want to say that? There's, there's, it's not very strict. There's not a lot of information just on the label. Would you agree right. with that? Yes, and, and like so I, I have to be careful what I say, but I will tell you this: there's there's companies out there, a lot of companies that they call least cost formulation. So mm -hmm. they will they will play with those ingredients on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So mm -hmm. you go to the grocery store and you buy brand X today, 
and you go back uh, September 7th and you buy another bag of brand X, it might be a completely different formulation totally because different. there's lots of companies that base everything off price. I mean, they, they sell their products off price and if their pricing of that product gets out of a certain window, price window, then they start they start pulling, like if meat's really expensive, they start backing it off, backing it off, adding more fillers, backing the meat off, cut the fat. Instead of using, you know, um, human grade chicken fat, they might go to porcine fat or a lower grade. I mean, they just keep pulling. Yeah, pulling and my understanding meat. is you're not allowed to say the high quality of your ingredients. So let's say you use grade A chicken. You can't actually put that on your label. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So two companies, well, even though so this one. So why do you one... think, why, why is that? Just, is there a reason for that or is it? Well, they, they, they classify it lobbyists. as. Lobbyists. <laughs> or is it politicians and politics and lobbying? Right. They, they classify it as, you know, there's, there's chicken, there's chicken meal, and there's chicken byproduct meal. All three of those are different qualities of chicken. Okay. And then also within each one of those, especially the, the chicken meal and the chicken byproduct meal, there's different levels of quality. Like you can have a top, middle, lower, um, you know, and every time you move down, um, you know, you're, so, you're, achieving the, you're achieving the product. Yeah. Okay. So that's a good question. So real quick, um, educate our customers on what they should look for when they look at a label. So wh wh where's the best quality stuff? So, so there's always this cost versus um, quality, right? Like you, we could go around and get filet mignon for dogs and be like, oh yeah, it's $150 a bag because we grind up, you know, prime cut human grade steaks, which you're not going to do. Most people aren't going to do for a dog, maybe if you're some celebrity or something, but what right. is it? So on the grade for, let's just, let's just take beef real quick. Grade, grade the beef on the, what's on the label is from good to bad. They're not bad, but, you know, from, from quality to, to less quality. Well, <clears throat> straight beef is, that's it. Straight beef is beef, okay? Okay. Then you have, you have beef meal, okay? Okay. It would be next step down quality, okay? Yep. And, it's, and it's beef meal, chicken meal. I like that as well, if not better than, when you say fresh chicken or just beef, that stuff is really, really expensive, and yeah. that actually comes in a water solution mix and you lose a lot of the weight of that because of that drives the price of the product up really, right. really, high. really, really high. Um, but beef meal, chicken meal, uh, lamb meal, all good, very, very good qualities. And, and really it comes down to the fact like, you know, like I was mentioned before, on a 2000 pound mixture, you can put 400 pounds of meat. 500, 600, so see the, you, the, the average consumer does not know that, okay? Right. And sure. like with us, I'm not gonna tell you what we put in there, but it's way above the other ingredients. I mean, the meat sticks out way, way on the high side. And Which, that's, not, yeah. that's not cheating, that's just, we want, we want our product when it's sold to you and you feed it, like, oh wow, wow, yeah. that's a huge difference, huge difference. And, and and that was the statement that when I called you, I was like, wait, I'm not asking you to lower your price. I'm not, I'm not trying to push you on price. Cause I, ha there's a lot of guys that we come together and, and my concern was, is every time it goes up, 
you know, sometimes it's like, oh man, it gets more expensive. And it's like, man. And so I wanted, I wanted to be able to explain why for me, you know, I understood it's like, okay, this is why it was, but I, I, I you know, asked you and, and you said, and you're what, I remember what you told me. You said, buddy, here's the deal. You said, you, you, I don't, he goes, I, I like this phone call. You, anybody call me and ask me why, and, and I can explain the reasons and the costs and all that, the part of the business. You said, what I don't want to explain is if you call me next year because your dogs aren't holding weight or you know, your dog gets sick or whatever, because I changed the formula. He says, that's the phone call I don't want to have. And exactly. so that was really eye-opening for me was like, okay, you know what I mean? Like I, I as a houndsman, I've been feeding this for two years. I don't want you changing with it because it works good. You know, and if, and if you do change it, I kind of want to know that like, okay, whether you did something better or not, but it's, it's done slowly and methodically and tested and not right. just on a whim. So, so right. that was really think, important for me. I think that's one of the biggest things like I've personally fought. And I know a lot of my friends have fought over the years is consistency and, and finding a dog food manufacturer that is not doing like Wade was saying, you know, changing your ingredients on a, you know, weekly or X amount of time basis, you know, I mean, I've been through hunting seasons where literally we've had to stop hunting dogs because the food I'd been feeding for a year, all of a sudden my dogs are literally going to keel over because they're just using every bit of reserves, you know? And I think that carries a lot of weight to what I would call, you know, serious, I don't want to say serious houndsman. That sounds horrible, but I think people understand what I mean. You know, when you're hunting a dog one day a week, you know, you can skate by with a lot. You can still eat a, a McDonald's cheeseburger if you're running seven days a week, you know. But when these guys are running hard, consistency is a, a very underrated thing until you see the adverse effects of it. Well, and Jason, I think what you're trying to say is for just like a human, if a human is trying to achieve optimal athletic performance, you're not going to go exactly. eat a cheeseburger every day. So. Right. You're trying to correlate. If you're expecting the same athletic performance out of these dogs day after day, you probably shouldn't be feeding them just a cheeseburger from wherever every day. Exactly. You do there is a point where if you're expecting optimal performance and you're expecting the best health out of your dogs, it is a consideration on what you're actually feeding them every day during those times, for sure. For sure. And I would say, I'm going to touch one more time. It would make sense then that if our prices going to the grocery store are rising for us as humans, uh, it would make sense then that obviously your dog food costs, if you're buying from a reputable somebody who's, they're buying the same quality ingredients, your dog food is obviously going to go up a little bit as well. Would you say that would be true? Yes, very, okay. very, very much so. And one thing I want to add real quick too, when you're, when you're hunting a dog really, really hard, um, it's very, very important. I don't care what type of product or what, what pet food you're feeding, man, feed that dog at least twice a day and, and not full servings twice a day, but partial servings. And it, you know, I call it recipe. Every dog has a different recipe for success. When you hunt them, how much you hunt them what? and when you feed them and how much you feed them. The back of that bag is just a suggested uh, feeding guidelines. Okay. Yeah. I, I looked at it, Wade, and, and I'm almost spot on with, uh, cause I was like, I've never, I've never looked at the bag and go, okay, I got to feed three cups and measured out three cups. I always right. feel my dogs, you know what I mean? Sure. And I can tell right. when they're getting a little fat and I got to back them off a little bit. And it's always exactly. a, a, th a thing, but, but you, you, you mentioned a point there that is really interesting. 
and it, it it may even be controversial in some respects for some people because because they you know uh, hunters in general. And in this podcast, we're not telling you what to do. Like you you've got to figure out what you're going to do for your pack and, and your your hunting. I'm not here to say my way's better or or not, but but you mentioned feeding twice a day, and uh, I was probably not a person that fed twice a day until my wife entered the picture besides having dogs on my couch now <laughs> i also you'll have learned but she makes a very good point and i'm going to explain it and then I'm gonna let laura talk on it but 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 she's like hey buddy because she if you don't know her she works out she, she'll run eight miles ten miles i mean she's really athletic and she goes do you want to go run on an empty stomach and go run eight miles or ten miles and and me, I'm like, well, I don't want to run eight miles or ten miles at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> Period. <laughs> Whether I eat or not, I, that's the answer. But, but she goes, you know, well, I can tell you what it's like to run eight miles and and you know, or run a race or whatever. And she goes, every athlete they they eat something early. So I'm gonna let her take it over. Sure. But it did make a really valid point that I I just couldn't argue, and I like to argue. But was was feeding a dog in the morning, and and not saying you feel a full full meal, but let's touch on that a little bit. I think you make a really good point there. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I initially only thought about it from a human standpoint or a human athlete. And yes, I don't like a huge meal, but I need something in my stomach, which doing further research, it makes sense as far as how you get your energy, your energy to fuel your muscles, blah, 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 blah. Um, without going into the nuances. But when I started doing research about dogs and reading this book, I'll mention it. It's called Performance Dog Nutrition, Optimized Performance with Nutrition by Dr. Jocelyn Jacobs. It's a great book. I would recommend it for anybody. Um, But she mentions that anytime a dog is getting ready to go through an either stressful, fear, anxiety, high uh, high energy, anything that gets the dogs very, really stimulated, I should say, they produce excess gastric juices as well. And if that, all that extra gastric juice can really irritate the dog's stomach lining and even just feeding a couple biscuits or a small meal before you start any sort of exercise or stress really mitigates your dog's stomach upset. The second part to that is feeding those small meals throughout the day rather than just one large one. It really allows your dog to have the optimal time to, and wait, I'd like to touch base on digestibility after this as well, but it allows the dog the time to properly digest that food, absorb all of the nutrients and that fr- that you're buying from that dog food. So if you feed it all at once, it's not necessarily going to get all of those nutrients at that time. So it is much better to feed smaller meals throughout the day for ideal stomach emptying and for your dog to have the highest digestibility rates. From my understanding, again, I am not a dietitian or a dog expert either, but from my research, that was my understanding on it. Totally agree. And it's, it's is that is that the reason, Wade, that you were saying feed twice? It is. It's and it's it's not, you know, especially when you're working another job somewhere. It's not easy to run out there at, you know, you're gonna be gone all day and nobody else is home. And it's not easy to run out there at five, six o'clock in the morning and feed that dog a small amount. Um, I, I I always used to like to feed in the morning, and then I would feed a little bit, um, which wasn't ideal. But I would feed a little bit 
when I got when I, when I brought them in from hunting, I would feed them again, small amount, and then feed a bigger amount in the morning, and then a smaller amount in the evening. Um, that was the recipe for me. Uh, everybody's different. Every dog's different. But no, she, uh, Laura's Laura's spot on there with uh, with her um, explanation. So you're saying not only energy, but soak it. It's like kind of taking vitamin C. You just take a bunch of vitamin C at once. You're just gonna. Well, it doesn't just pass out. through them. Yeah. But if you take a little bit throughout the day, you get to soak it in and absorb mm-hmm. more of the nutrients. It's just passive at that point. It's like overfeeding a dog. You know, you're increasing waste if it's mm-hmm. not a digestible food source. You know, or yeah, which they have again, the time to properly digest. Yeah, and I'd like Wade again to touch on this digestibility because that goes into the whole, my, through all my research, the more poor quality food you buy, the faster all of that's going to move through your dog's intestinal tract as well, which means even less nutrients that are in the poor quality dog food are being absorbed. So it's sort of this vicious cycle of you're just making the dog, unfortunately, less and less Nutri- you know what I'm trying to say, but Nutrient yeah. Deficient. So when we talk about digestibility, Wade, what does that mean to you? Well, digestibility. When I first thing I think of is the quality of the ingredients. Okay, uh, the more digestible your your uh, your pet food is, and the ingredients of the pet food, the more digestibility the dog will get out of that pet food. Um, and, and you know, a really good. You know, it's we talked about mm-hmm. stool. Um, and I'm sure you guys, everybody's been there, you know, I used to feed all kinds of dog foods and for ex- just looking at different things, experimenting. And sometimes you're thinking, wow, I've fed this much and there's, you know, four or five stools in the pen that evening. It's mm-hmm. almost like there's more stools than what you actually fed. And the dog's Correct. Cause there is, there's an inverse relationship between dogs, diets, digestibility, and fecal volume. In other yes. words, the higher the digestibility, the lower the fecal output. And vice versa. The lower Agreed. the digestibility, the higher the fecal volume is going to be. So for yes. a dummy, that means more poop, not as good as dog. The dog Depending on how much you're feeding. <laughs> yeah. Depending on what, and the quicker it's going to come out. Yeah. Which means yeah. ultimately you're. Consistency. Yeah. We could have a whole episode on fecal matter for dogs. I know. Um, and actually, I would also like to dive in a little bit, if that's okay, to, I think we are all of us, like so, Buddy said. So hold on. Let's, okay. Let's, let's, Sorry. Let's, let's back so what kind of poop are we looking for? For a guy like me, <laughs> to, when I see a dog cleaning out in the morning, I know not to look for diarrhea. I mean, I know some things that I I look for, but what, what, what indicates a healthy dog? I'll, I'll let Wade try to answer this, if you can. I mean, you're not a... Sure. No, I mean, you know, really, in essence, you're looking for one or two stools a day and solid, where basically the old term is you can kick it out of there with your boot. Okay. If you got them on concrete, you can kick it out. Okay. Um, you know, and every day, every dog's different. Um, but when you're back in the day when I was hunting hard, if I knew I had, I was feeding the right amount and the dog looked good, felt good energy wise. There would be days there'd be zero. If I was hunting at nighttime, they'd empty out at night in the woods. There'd be zero stools in the pen. So, 
Yeah. And how long would a, should a, a, a person wait on dog food? Because I know, like, we had this pup, and we put her on this, and she had, it really kind of tore her stomach up a little bit. So we backed off, went back to the puppy food she was feeding to transition her back, and now she's doing really good on it. So, you know what I mean? Like, th- there was a, a section there that we had to, to, to migrate, I guess, the, the, sure. the this Brittany pup that we got. Because, you know, it, and... We could have just changed food and never gone back, but it's like we we recognize that okay, this is probably her just switching too hard. She's a puppy. Get her back sure. on what she's used to, and then slowly we slowly mix it over, and 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 blended it until we now she's one hundred percent on our our regular food and she's doing just fine on it. How long would you say a, a guy should should give food to to make sure that it's just not a a change? I guess. Well, at least you know that's a good question at least two weeks at least two weeks if if not longer especially i don't know i i'll be i'm trying to be brief here but i you know back in the day when i was looking at different ingredients feeding different products before i had my pet food companies experiment with the experiment with that i mean literally i could go from what i considered a poor quality pet food and within five to ten days go into a a higher quality pet food you know, on the lower quality pet food, a lot of stool, dogs kind of sluggish. Right. And once I switched five to 10 days, I mean, very low, very low stool volume and bark and bark. They were just hyper. They, they just felt, they felt better. So okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say two to three weeks, you need to give it a chance. And like you said, you need to, if you're switching from product, if you can blend it for the first week, Three days, five days. That's give very, it some transition period, so it's yeah. not too. So you're not looking at the transition and, right. and judging the transition. You you want to judge the food. So okay, but good good advice. All right, I cut you off. I took you off no, your schedule. No, you're totally fine. All right, so I guess the next topic is, is we're doing good on time here. Is let's talk about how a dog uses the different nutrients, fats, proteins carbohydrates versus a human, I guess. Is that something you can? Sure. Well, so you're talking about macronutrients, which is the same for obviously us human beings. And I, I know it's a fad right now. A lot of people like to talk about macro diets and tracking your macros. I got an app that says I can track. I don't know what the hell I'm yeah. tracking. So <laughs> macros are Where your proteins, your fats, and your carbohydrates, which are the three biggest players in food. And that give you energy. Um, Humans, we hear a lot about, oh, if you're an athlete, carbs, 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 carbs. Um, And so I think they're definitely, unless you're somebody that's done a little bit of research about a dog, dogs do not process carbs like humans do. So So let's just, uh, real quick, how does humans create energy? So 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 we can just cut off this, but when you're talking about humans, what do they use? Humans primarily for, well, this is like, this could be a whole podcast. Just I know, on its own. I know. We're but gonna, so we're a quick overview is uh, we, we need all three. All three are absolutely important in your diet every day. Um, for an athlete, proteins and carbs and fats, carbs provide your most long-term energy. We'll put it that way. So if you're an endurance athlete, you hear people doing like a carb load the night before, to get all of this glycogen in your muscles and in your body to have all that energy stores for your next day of working out. Um, and again, 
Protein is important even for humans. Proteins are your building blocks essentially of your muscles. So for those of us that lift, which is something I've gotten a lot more into, protein is huge um, as far as muscle rebuilding, muscle repair. If you're injured, protein is going to be helping give you all those building blocks. They're broken down to amino acids. We can get into that a little bit more if you want. And then obviously fat is extremely important because fat provides a lot of energy and it helps provide all of your insulation for your nerves. Fat is very important. I think a lot of people are afraid of fat. Now, transferring over to a dog. Am I ready? Are you cool with me? Yeah. Transferring? Okay. So Jason, you look, you're paying attention. You're taking notes. I'm not taking notes. I'm listening, but she's not on the screen for me to see. So I'm just oh, staring on no, into oblivion. Okay. All right. Keep um, going. So, so now we're going to talk. So that's, that's a short, short, short version of human yes. nutrients. Don't, yeah. you know, if you're going to go be an athlete, you do your go, own research, do some more research. Yeah. Let's talk about overview. dogs. How, what, what, how does a dog use these so three things? Dogs are, are not carb driven. They do not store carbohydrates in their bodies for long-term energy usage. Dogs actually use fat. Fat is the number one thing they use in large amounts. It is the one macronutrient they store for long-term and in large amounts for future use, if that makes sense the way I said that. Um, then the next on the list, obviously, proteins would be really important. And then, yes, there so is. So what do the proteins do for a dog? Um, proteins are important. So proteins are broken down into amino acids. There's essential amino acids and non-essential amino acids. Uh, essential amino acids are the ones that you cannot make yourself. Humans and dogs are able to create your own amino acids if you were to not get them in your everyday diet. And then there are the non-essential ones. Oh, I said that backwards. Essential ones, you cannot, yes, I did say that right. You cannot get them. You cannot produce them. You must get them from food. And that comes from proteins? Yes. Okay. Non-essential amino acids, humans and dogs can produce them on their own. I'm right, getting so, kind of so, into depth yeah, here. I know, but, I know. So, um, so, so short term is the proteins are going to, they're, they're also going to work for the muscle and the rebuilding yes, and the healing. why proteins are important is they're found in every cell in your dog's body. They're the building blocks of your dog's body. All body tissue and under, all body tissue is undergoing constant growth and remodeling at all times. And the more athletic you are, the more your body is going to be repairing itself. Protein aids in blood functions, hormones, antibodies. So if you're, let's put it this way. If you're not feeding your dog enough protein, then your dog is not able to repair itself the way it should be. And it can, it can get proteins out of its own body, but then you're just sort of like, uh, it's sort of like lifting weights every single day as a human but you're not going to see really any muscle growth or increased strength and you might injure yourself if you are not giving your body adequate amounts of protein to repair itself and rebuild. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wait, are we, are we No, I'm in total agreement. That's the reason. <laughs> okay. With, with the energy so, on the dog, that's the reason the fat contents are, you know, important 18%, 20% very mm-hmm. make sure not only the, the the percentage but the quality of fats yes so, yeah, which well, I should touch right. on that 
proteins and fats, especially for a dog, should, again, they're carnivores, they should come from animal sources, if possible, over plant proteins. Correct. So no vegetarian dogs. No turkey burgers. All right. Hey. Turkey's good. Turkey, I love turkey burgers. They're not like elk burgers, but okay. Okay, before Are we you get sidetracked. Did you say tofurkey burgers? Is <laughs> to- that what you said? That's what I meant to say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we got to keep Jason around for comedic value once in a while. Yeah, um, he talks. Okay, so let's get to carbs before we get sidetracked. Sure. So carbs. Dogs and carbs. So carbs was the smallest portion that I could find in any research. Carbs are important. They do provide nutrients for your dog that are not found in proteins and fats, and they do help aid in a dog getting in digestibility so a dog doesn't get constant diarrhea. Um, And the other big, I'd say probably the most important part in carbs would be, and I'll let uh, Wade take this part, would be the fibers that you can get in carbohydrates. So like a beet pulp or a rice bran is really good for your dog's fiber intake. Correct. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the higher usually, usually the higher the fiber, um, like if you got a, a 5%, 6%, 7% fiber in your pet food, there's a lot of filler in there, um, which is going to equate to more stool. So if you can keep that fiber between three to four, four and a half percent, somewhere right in there. I think that's the optimum on the fiber. So you want to bring the fiber in to get the fiber, but you don't want enough that it's, you're using it as a filler is what you're, you're kind of saying for somebody who's trying to make a quality dog food. Exactly. Yeah. When you see something 7%, 10% fiber, 8%, that's, that's on the extremely high end. Yeah. Um, Three to 7% was shown as the like, the seven. optimal range, three to seven percent of moderately fermentable okay. fibers. And then the other thing you mentioned was vitamins. So, uh, so, so like I'm guessing vitamins are not required to put in there. You, you, you way do you put vitamins in your feed? Yeah, there's a there's actually yes, there's actually vitamin and mineral uh, that you purchase. It's a vitamin mineral pack. Uh, of what you're wanting to accomplish with that feed and they're anywhere from same same exact scenario lower quality to higher quality vitamin mineral packs that you add um and, and one thing we haven't touched on is you know there's there's different people make different vitamin mineral packs some of them they say are exactly the same we have found that they are not exactly the same uh we even take our pet foods, not to brag on our pet foods, but we try to buy from the same suppliers all our all our proteins and our fats. We've even found that when you switch suppliers on vitamin and mineral packs, proteins and your fats, it will affect it will affect the, the quality of the pet food some. So we try to buy from the same suppliers on everything. And that's the reason you know, I don't like discoloration in pet food. I don't even like size variance. And size variance is basically just because somebody forgot to go down and change the dye size on the extruder. So right. there's, a, there's so much stuff to pet food, guys. We could be here for two days discussing this. Oh, I can imagine. It's crazy. Yeah. So when you have a dog food, like the vitamins essentially are going to make it so that 
because this is what this what a lot of dogs are expected to eat. Like they get the dog food and that's it. And they should, this dog food should cover everything they need to be healthy. Correct? Is that a, a correct assumption? If you're, you're if you're picking a quality dog food, yes. Okay. And so the vitamins would be the vitamins and nutrients that they need also gets thrown put in that dog food so that. And you can feed one. I, my understanding as well is that, so the vitamins and minerals are your micronutrients. So those are actually an important part of a dog's diet as well, I believe, but as well as humans. But I think some of it is also lost in the actual dog food making process. Would that be correct, Wade? Yeah, because of the, the uh, extrusion. All right, right. So explain that process. Just I mean, I, like we all have the, we know what dog food looks like. You know, and, and you can't go into super, super detail. Let's not talk about the grind, but, but is it blended? I mean, explain just a, a short for the dummies on how. how really how, brief. How is that made? It's just, it's just you have you have a product mixture, okay? You have percentage protein, percentage fats, all your ingredients, okay? Mm-hmm. It all gets it all gets in a, in a mix. It's in a mixture, and it's liquid. Like a paste, or is it kind yeah, of like a, a paste? liquid type paste, and then it goes through an extrusion process where you know there's small it's there are big dies on on the end of the extruder with small holes and you can vary the size of the holes and you know it it just it's just coming out and there's these really really super fast knife i I call them knives that just just cutting it just cutting it and just quickly and it goes on a conveyor belt it gets cooked, okay. It goes through a cooling process on the belt, and then what we do, it goes up into these huge monster on a conveyor belt. It goes up in these huge monster bins in the ceiling, okay. And then so you can run product right now and not not bag it off until third shift tonight, okay. It'll be in okay. a bin, and then you move the the um, the bagging line to that particular bin and you bag that off in whatever pro- bag you want product. So, okay. Yeah. It's just, it, it, it's without, without actually watching it, it's, it's, it's very, very hard to, uh, describe over a phone like this, but, uh, it, it's, it's pretty neat. And that with COVID and everything going on right now, they won't even let you in a, in a plant. I mean, it's, they've got them right. shut down set them to zero. But yes, that would make sense why sometimes I think sometimes a manufacturer would choose to re-put back. It's the same with human food. Like when your breads, it'll tell you at fortified with, they need, they are, they need to add back a few of the vitamins and minerals. And I would imagine, Wade, you've been doing this long enough and you've sort of found your own secret sauce formula that works really well. And it sounds like you are also, I saw omega-3s. Uh, were added to your dog food blend. Is that something, do you try to stay up on current trends? And Yeah, yes, we do. And we, we, talk, we talk about it all the time, uh, about you know, possibly doing this, possibly doing that. <clears throat> and I'm really uh, kind of, a, not old school, but if it's not broke, don't try to fix it. And, you know, if just like pumpkin, uh, we put pumpkin in our 2420s, 2420 formulations, and we put we put pumpkin in our 3020, uh, and I've kicked around a batting. Pardon? 
for the digestive side yeah for the digestive side it's it's really a it's really a gut health is what it is um i had a nutritionist explain to me one time um basically you know your dog's drinking water at your house every day okay and you move that dog there's some dogs are so finicky you move that dog or that dog drinks out of a creek or a ditch or something like that i've had dogs that get upset get upset stomachs um from drinking water elsewhere i know that as a hunting dog that's that's tough but the, the pumpkin is more of a, a gut stabilizer um but i'm even you know the like the 26 18 formulation 24 20 formulations or 30 20s they're so honed down perfect right now i really i'm hesitant to move anything anywhere so yeah that's just no, me. that makes sense you like you you don't want to take a stable blend and it's like you could, you could see a benefit but you 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 rely right. on stability over yes over anything. I mean, I, and you hit a great point i don't i can take a phone call wade why the why the dog food go up i can explain that you know one I don't want to explain is, hey, Wade, you had a pumpkin. My dog's got diarrhea. Ah, yeah. You know, I don't want that phone call. I, that's the ones I, I don't like to take. So, Yeah. No, that, that's a, a really good point. So, All right. What else you got topics that you wanted to cover? Um, I, think, I think we did a great job covering dog foods. Hopefully that gives most people kind of a basic education. I think the only other thing we could kind of – maybe touch on a little bit more would be when you're looking at your dog foods, um, when you're looking at your dog foods, it is kind of hard to know if, especially if you're new and you don't know a lot. Okay. So this one says 18, this 20, that I don't even know where to start. What does that even mean? Yeah. And so I, I'm going to back it up a little bit to, so, uh, um, a houndsman that has been doing this for a long time probably has a good handle on their feet, even if they haven't thought meticulously about some of the, the minor details. They found a feed they like, they're consistent, they know they perform on it well. What I'd like to go to is some of the newer hunters who are just getting a dog and you're you're just starting off. I mean, you just don't have any clue. And so some of the things that, that maybe we can help somebody brand new is is, what to look for when you're when you're going through dog food, how to know what to feed them, and kind of give some tips and and tricks on what we're looking for. Like how how can this new person be? Uh, you know how can we help a new person if, if we're going to be helpful in this podcast? Who's going to start? Like a baseline to start on. Yeah, what? Let's, let's start, Jason. Tell me how do you feed your dogs, and and how do you know if you're feeding too much or too little? Well, too much or too little. I mean, that kind of the hard part with that is it's not a a short term realization. By the time you realize they're too skinny, you're already a week behind it, two weeks behind it. You know, and trying to get them caught back up, or vice versa. You know, you can't cut weight like a wrestler over three days and expect the dog to perform. You know, uh, I always have kind of gravitated towards a higher fat diet on my dogs with. I mean, we still like plenty of carbs in there for that initial energy boost. Yes, that's but, a good point. But, you know, yeah. a good, clean, high high protein. Like, personally, I run 24-20 is, is one of my favorite blends. A little bit lower protein, higher fat content. 
Uh, and I'm kind of like, Wade, you know, I'll feed. If I know I'm going to go hunting that night, I run out on my lunch break and I go feed dogs. And then when we get home from hunting, they get a meal, you know, they get a half meal for lunch. And then when we get home, they get another half. And the next morning they get a full meal, you know, full ration for that part. So during maintenance season, I usually go to once a day in the evenings just so that they're processing overnight and they absorb a little bit more. But when we're hunting, I definitely do twice a day. Laura, how do you, how do you check a dog when you're feeding? Aside from, do they like eating it? (laughs) Do they, do they eat it? That's the first check. Do they eat it? Um, that's a big one. Do they like to eat it? So is it just to describe your feeding, you know, for, for people now, again, this is not right or wrong. There's no right way. There's no wrong way, but just describe how, how we feed our dogs. You and me. You, you in the you're, kitchen. You're, you're the rule in maker. The That's where you feed them. All in the things, kitchen. Well, <laughs> buddy got to make all decisions via dog food and what dog food we bring on. And so far the dogs seem to do really well on it. And to be quite honest with you, I hadn't done any thinking more about it until, you know, buddy asked me to read this book and I thought, man, this starts making a lot of sense. So obviously uh, a higher fat would be good. And it gets a little confusing on the bag because you can see the bag maybe says only 18. What are we feeding right now, buddy? I don't even 26, know. 18. Okay. 26, 18. So 26, what? Protein. Protein. And 18 fat. Yeah. And somebody might go, well, wait a second. That sounds like there's less fat than there is protein so, in here. Uh, Wade, I'm going to sidetrack. <laughs> Describe what 26, 18 means. Like, is it 26% of the bag is so describe those numbers for, for, for us. Okay. Well, basically 26% protein uh, means every kibble in there has a basis of 26% protein and caloric wise. Yes. Every, every okay. single. By calories or by physical? No, I mean, on a test, on a testing basis. And okay. we could go really, really deep here, but you know, um, just like with protein, proteins are proteins, but fats, you know, and, and we, we tend like that 20, our 26, 18 protein is probably 27, 27, five, 26, seven, five protein. And we spray fat on, which is the most expensive way to do it, but it's the best way to do it. Okay, absorbs into the nugget. It's not mixed in. It's it's not lost in the extrusion process by heat or anything. We spray. You can only spray like maybe seventy five percent on there for di- for the for the nugget to di- be able to adhere, soak it up. Um, but on a if you take one pound and they, we do it constantly, we were constantly checking as we run the product. We'll take five pounds off the belt and we go over there and we check it. And how do you, how do you check it? Is it is it through like a a burn or is it like? Yeah, there we there's actual machines out there, sophisticated machines that mm-hmm. will check that within five minutes. Okay, so so it's like works. dissecting it and and yes. checking like the calories. So like if you if you threw a steak in there, it would tell you what nutrients you're getting out of that steak. Is that is that? A, I mean, I mean yeah. it's probably you in probably could do that, but in theory, is that kind of the, the same basis? Yes. Exactly. When you and, go to McDonald's and you look at the menu and it's like, well, this is what this, this stuff is. Right. And it's, it's more complicated than that because it's, it's a speed of the belt. 
as far as the fat application, it's the speed, mm -hmm. speed of the belt and the, um, the spray, the spray volume, the spray rate on the product. Yep. <laughs> All that has to coincide. And I'll be honest with you, most of the time when we start up, like if we start making 26, 18, we've been making 24, 20, there's probably anywhere between 1,000 and 2,000 pounds of product that we just run off in a bin. Scrap. Throw it. Yeah. yeah, throw it away. Not, seconds or wherever right. that goes, it, it doesn't yes. go in your bags. Right. Okay. No, sir, it does not. No, so, so 26, 18, and you were saying by the calories, there's more. How are you so, explaining that? It, it does sound confusing, right? Because you're thinking, well, the majority of my food should be that I'm feeding calorie-wise to my dog should be fats, right? So for a working dog, I want to say it's uh, for an active working hunting dog. Let me look at my notes. I got, I about, got her. I got her. About frazzle, thirty-five to forty-five percent of recommended calories a day should come from fat. Right. So then you're looking at your dog food bag, and it says eighteen percent fat, and you're like, "Well, how does that? I don't understand. How does that equate?" Hold on. So explain that one more time. We started a howl oh, in the house. Okay. So again, this is just from my research for a performance working dog. And I'm not talking Iditarod here. I'm talking police dogs, field trial dogs, okay. herding dogs. Between 35 to 45% of daily calories should come from fat. So you're looking at your dog food bag that says 18% fat. And on initial looking at it, you think, well, wait a second. I need I, twice I need, this. Right. Yeah. But it's because fat is the most calorie dense. So one gram of fat has nine calories. One gram of protein has about four calories and one gram of carbohydrates has about four calories. So even though it's only 18% fat, that's you're getting the calories. You're getting you're double calories. More. Yes. Okay. For each one. Exactly. That makes sense. That explains a little bit more. Like I said, that's the confusing part when we look at this and it's like, well, it's confusing. Yes. So when we feed our dogs, we feed them once in the morning. Usually not a lot, like half a cup, maybe a cup in the morning. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to get uh, – somebody's going to get upset with me Hate at my mail. vet's office for saying this. But my dogs do get some leftovers throughout the day. <laughs> um, so usually in the evenings, I always – we add a little bit of hot water, maybe whatever meat leftovers. If we have brown rice, sweet potatoes – uh, things that I consider to be healthy for me, I also consider to be healthier for my dog. So I don't throw like cupcakes and cookies and all that stuff in there. No chocolate. No. Proteins. I, I take all the chocolate, Wade. There's no chocolate <laughs> that goes to the dogs. <laughs> Proteins, fats, and some water. I usually do like a broth mix in the evenings that goes over their food. And that's how we feed our dogs. And in the hunting season, I guess sometimes we'll throw in... A pack of hot dogs if they catch a cat. Yeah, or a little mid a midday snack. We usually keep a box of biscuits or something in the truck. Yeah, something like oh, that. Yeah. If they catch a cat next to the road, we call that a hot dog day. We'll go. We'll all go get them a hot dog. Sometimes. Um, one point there that people should consider is water is a pretty, um, you know, uh, just like humans, water like is humans, the most important. Yeah. Nutrient to your dog ever. Yeah. yeah, water is really important. So in the uh, and we started doing this in the winter when it was frozen. We would mix our we'd, we'd boil some water and and put it with the food. You know, it cool off or whatever. But 
Um, that way, we were basically forcing our dogs to get enough water. And I know a lot of houndsmen do that where they put the water in the dog food and it, it makes your dog get some water and hydrate. That's not for everybody. There's different ways of getting water to dogs or whatever. That's just one, you know, for, for a new guy that may not know anything, if you're really hunting your dog hard and you're not sure he's getting enough water, man, pour a little bit of that water into food, warm it up. They seem to like that and, the, and they'll get some water while they're eating too. Um, you know, that's, that's just a little tip for somebody to consider. And I think another point is uh, a lot of guys, Jason, I think you touched on this in the beginning too. You've got your off season to consider and you're thinking, man, do I feed this, these dogs that are not performing as much right now? Do I still feed them this really high quality dog food, even though they're not going out and being active like they normally are during season? Um, and yeah, should I think, you switch to a lower quality? Yeah, dog and I think cost, which is totally understandable, cost for all of us. You know, we love our uh, dogs. Yeah, see, that's where I'm going to cut in, though. I don't think you should ever sacrifice the quality of the feed. I just adjust my rationing according yes, to the the workload. Absolutely, but and don't ever sacrifice yep. quality. I think we're going to all be in agreement on that one. The research I have done has all said yes. If you need to, just cut your food back rather than switching yeah. dog foods. Yeah, it's find hard a dog on food you like, and and cut the the feedback. Mm -hmm. Well, Wade, I what's, know we're up against the clock oh, here. Let's let's close what, everything what's out. What's that Jason? dog food you like, though, buddy? What what's the name of that dog food? And give this guy a plug for taking yeah. some time out of his day. Can you just slow down a little Thank bit? Thank you, Wade. By the way, you were us. trying to wrap it up. Don't slow me down here, I, Mister. I was <laughs> I was gonna like I'm I'm setting the soapbox up right now for Wade right here for him to climb on a soapbox. Jason's gonna steal your thunder. So. Uh, we, I, I kind of fell into, to high standard dog food, um, basically because one of, uh, my good friends, he buys a lot of dog food and he had his vendor that, um, he called one day and was like, Hey, I need a pallet of dog food. And the guy said, I don't have a pallet, maybe, you know, and, and call me back in two months or whatever. And that wasn't exactly, you know, you can't just be like, yeah, I'll just call back two months and get my dog food. And so anyways, he was looking around. We found high standard, um, a, a, a dealer out of, uh, Southern Oregon at the time. And so we ordered a, a, a truckload from him and got in touch with Wade and, uh, really the dogs have held up nice to it. I, I, I will say that it's been nice to find a good quality feed, you know, before it was kind of like, I, I just wasn't methodical about it. Uh, go to the store, buy what I could you know, use points here and cheap, you know what I mean? Lessen the cost. <laughs> so anyways, we are on high standard dog food, 2618 blend. I'm very happy with it. You know, I, I, if that's a good endorsement or not, I don't know, Wade, but I want you to it give your little plug good. for your feed and, and why you're better than every other dog food company on the planet. Uh, well, one thing. The, the I probably stress. just, hold on. <laughs> I got to apologize. I probably pissed off a bunch of customers. <laughs> Maybe not the They're planet, right. Wade, but okay, you're better than a lot. Okay, so let's just, just take it from there. <laughs> the, the, one, the one thing that I stand on is, is and we've touched on this um, several times, is we don't, I, I strive to have a good quality dog food. Okay. Um, I, I, of course, I'm worried about price but it's not the main focus. The quality is the main focus. Um, we're not a big, we're not a big company. We're family owned. Okay. My son's in the next room over here working. Um, we're, we're a family and that's, that's how I treat my sales staff. 
everybody that works here for us. It's it's just a big family. Um, we're not we're not a huge huge major corporation. We don't lease cost formulate. Um, if you pick up the phone and and call High Standard today, uh, I've got it unplugged right now because I didn't want to listen to it ring the whole time. But <laughs> I'm right I'm right here to I'm right here to answer questions. I'm right here to talk to you. And our our growth our growth because of I, I think because of the quality and being family owned and you can talk to us. Okay. You're not, you don't have to go through 37 different people to get to the person you need to talk to. And we like it like that. Our growth, our growth of the last two years has been just tremendous. And, um, right now with the formulations we have and the pricing we have, our main challenge here right now is managing the growth. Uh, and that's exciting for me because, you know, they're, you know, I'm not gonna lie for a while. I mean, man, you know, this formulation is not right yet. This formulation is not right yet. You know, I don't like, I don't like the, the, the color here. I don't like the, the price, the pricing is too high. You know, we've worked and worked and worked and I feel like, you know, we've got it where we want it. Now we just, need to maintain that make sure we continue to produce good quality pet food keep the price as low as we possibly can keep it um and 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 try to grow uh and you're not one other thing i mean when you turn on the when you turn i'm not gonna mention the other competitors names but when you turn on the news you're not gonna see joy dog food or high standard dog food okay and you when you're buying from from huge huge corporations there's a lot of people sitting there making big major money and all that goes into the price of the dog food. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say somebody asked me like, Oh, we can, you know, I can get this cheaper. And, and I just looked at them and I was like, I order a pallet. I go through about a pallet, pallet and a half in a, a day with my, my dogs. And I go, okay, I'm going to save $2 a bag for $4 a bag, $5, you know, whatever it is, $5 a bag. And I look at them and I, I'm like, okay, so I'm going to save $150 or whatever it is, 24 bags times five. Let's just say right. $5. 24 times five is, is 125 bucks over my year, I think, if, if my math is right. And I go, I got not a single dog on my porch right now that's not worth $125. You know what I mean? I would rather right. not change right. and risk that dog because you know, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen or not, but I just look at it and I, there's some things I don't need to cut costs on. And I found a good solution. I like what I hear with with you not changing and 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 hold, sticking to your guns. Quality control. Quality control, and when the price goes up, I mean, I I trust that you're trying to keep your price in check. And when you can't, because the freight and the cost of beef and sure. you, you got to make a decision. It's like, oh, we're going to stay with what we know is true. I was going to cost a little bit more, and uh, that's right. what I accept. So one more thing I want to say, I. <clears throat> There's other great dog food companies out there. Okay, we're not the only one. There's there's people out there that are doing the same thing that I do. Okay, and they're great people. They got a great product. They're great competitors. And hey, you know what? We're all dog food owners. I mean, I've got on my phone here. I've uh, there, there's a twelve or fifteen people on here that I talk to. I mean, we talk back and forth. Yeah, we're competing against each other every day on on the pet food side of the business, but you know, we're friends. We're not, we're not enemies. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, you know, what high standard enjoy dog food is just one of 
several, I feel like, very, very good quality pet foods for the price. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Laura. Yeah. You anything more? We, no, we I could think do that like, was great. This could go so deep on some. I know. I'm act, sorry act if I got a little lost in the weeds for people <laughs> on a few things. I wasn't meaning to. I think we need to do some micro podcasts, which is like 20 minute, just little pick a topic sometime and and put it in our tips and training tips section. What do you think, Jason? Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it'd be good. And I appreciate all your feedback on about everything, Wade. Because, yes, I think most of us just go out of convenience. We just go grab some dog food. A lot of us don't even think more than beyond that. And so I really appreciate you being on here today and giving us all a little bit of an education on the backside of dog food. Right. Yeah, make make people think about it. (laughs) Right. And Jason, buddy, Laura, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on here today. Uh, I really do. Uh, I was actually kind of just a little bit nervous about it. Um, but, you know, you guys, <laughs> Don't be nervous about us. <laughs> yeah, you guys do a great job. And I, I seriously, I, I really thank you from the bottom of my heart for the opportunity. Yeah. No worries. So Wade. where would someone find you, Wade? Where would they find your distributor list or where they can pick up High Standard? Uh, you can go to www.highstandarddogfood.com. Go to our website, type in your zip code. Uh, and it'll give you everything within 25 to 200 mile radius um, of the nearest location. So yeah, sure. I know when we were up in Wisconsin, I uh, I was like, they were unloading some high standard dog food. And I was like, that's the same shit I feed. That's pretty good stuff. <laughs> so, well, right. let's maybe not call it shit then. Oh, sorry. Does that offend you? <laughs> this is why you can't have nothing nice around here. All right, Wade. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, look him up on Facebook, website, High Standard. He's he's a good dude. I, I've actually been really impressed. I've gotten to know him a little bit over the years. And he's just a straight shooter, and that's what I really like about it is when I call him up, he shoots straight with me, and, and that's kind of important for me. So I appreciate it. All right, guys. Take care. Thank you. Thank yep. you. Thanks, Wade.